So welcome back to the Seeker Trend Podcast. We're this is the first in a series of podcasts on kind of uh, psychology of lifting, or just psychology of training, probably not lifting, just training. Yeah. Uh, so today we're going to talk about framing. Uh, framing is something that a lot of you might have heard of, or you might have heard mentioned. Uh, in terms of like sports performance, basically framing is like defining a context or defining an event in the overall scheme of things and then defining it in a way that gives you like some influence over how you perceive it so uh if i'm a salesman right and i want to frame something uh like good framing would be geez that weather doesn't look great sure it doesn't and then trying to sell them an umbrella uh whereas like poor framing would be if I walked up to someone and I was like, oh, Jesus, people just buy random stuff all the time. Why do we want to keep buying random things? Like, the weather isn't that bad outside. Like, you're spending money on nothing for no good reason. And then that would obviously be a negative framing for trying to sell someone an umbrella. Uh, in terms of sports, we see, like, contextual framing. So, framing where somebody is going from a non-training or non-sporting period so like they might be coming from work or coming from university or school or whatever it is uh, and then they have to come into training so depending on what you're training for that might be high levels of psychological and physiological arousal that might be you might need heightened reactions you might need whatever it is for your sport and you have to go from the kind of current headspace where you are now reframe whatever you're doing and then say okay i'm training right now so Gurf does this uh he does like a performance exercise every time he goes training uh and that like you could coin this as a framing exercise so Gurf, do you want to just talk about like what your framing exercise is uh maybe talk about it like an in-depth run through of what you do and then we could talk about why that might work so I think we'll start with the practical recommendation first, like Fitz was saying, just so our practical, what we do, so you can kind of get a better idea before Fitz explains some more of the work with it. But for what I do before, there's kind of different micro and macro levels of framing in my head when I think about training. So the initial macro one is I sit down on the bench. Now, I haven't done any warm up. I haven't done any, like literally no, nothing involved with the active training yet. So either I will clean the platform and arrange things so I'll put them in my squat stands put them in my weights and have just the empty bar I'll brush the platform then I'll sit down on the bench I'm not putting on my knee sleeves I'm not putting on my shoes I'm not thinking about what I'm going to do in training I'm not thinking about the actual sets and reps or visualising any lifts I'm just sitting down for one to three minutes kind of and I'm just saying basically telling myself it's now it's time to train so nothing else matters nothing happened uh, would work nothing to do with Sika nothing to do with like thinking about podcasts there's nothing to do with what happened at last week's session nothing to do with last, the last day session nothing to do with the future of training nothing to do with tomorrow's session all I'm thinking about is my utmost priority now my prime goal in life right now is to, to train to the best possible of my ability for the next two hours and I just kind of repeat that in different iterations and if my mind drifts away, I kind of bring it back and I just say, just for this, like I know for it's only for a short period of time, but I'm just telling myself that training is the only thing that matters right now. So it's not an intense, I'm not getting hyped. So I think that's important. I'm not telling myself, I'm not hyping myself up for the training session. It's literally just 
my priorities right now is training and there's nothing else that matters and I'm just kind of looking at the bar and not thinking about anything in terms of the actual lifts like I was saying I'm not thinking about what sets I'm going to work up to all it is is I'm just thinking training is my job right now and until that kind of um, sinks in I don't start training for a bit so some days it literally take a minute and I'm ready to go other times it's might take a little bit longer and I need to sit there so there's no music playing either there's no podcast playing in the background no YouTube video like I just take as long as it takes sometimes it'll take like closer to three minutes where I'm I can tell I'm not adjusted yet so that would be kind of a macro framing for a training session for me and then kind of the micro of training sessions if you it kind of break it down between each lift even between each exercise so when I'm doing my snatching I um I kind of break it down before each lift so I think about the next set I kind of think about what the last set was but I'm making sure that this set the last set didn't influence me so even if the last set was good or bad I'm not letting it kind of interfere what I'm doing so the next set still matters the next set hasn't been lifted yet so if a good set happened last one that doesn't mean this one's going to be good but neither do I let the negative of the last set interfere with this set so usually I record basically all my lifts so for me I set up for the next lift, I run through the whole lift in my head, then I press record, then before I do the lift, I run through the whole lift to head my gain, and so I look at like putting on the straps, where my feet will be, what I'll be looking at, what the wall will look like when I'm lifting, I run through, if the double, I literally go through the whole thing, and then once that snatching is done, snatching is over, so no matter what happened in snatching, if the next lift is cleaning jerks, then I am, cleaning jerks is all that matters now, it doesn't matter how good or bad the snatches wins again, there's kind of another like larger frame encompassing the cleaning jerks. Now, sometimes, obviously, this doesn't influence kind of auto regulation, so physical capacity. So if I feel like terrible and the snatch has been terrible, I don't, I, I will make the decision sometimes, obviously, like I can leave cleaning jerks today or whatever, you know, there's, it's not kind of influencing my program in that way. But it's also, if I'm still to cleaning jerk and it makes sense to clean and jerk, I don't let the good or bad snatches kind of influence me. And then, yeah, that's kind of. That's kind of the main way of how I would describe what I think about training. Like that's, so that's a really good, like powerful example of what framing can be. So you've like, you've two or three basically different things that are going on there. So the first thing is very much a kind of like mindfulness or being an active observer of your thoughts. So you're, you talked about like nothing else, like, so it might've been work or it might've been stuff with Sika or stuff, the podcast, whatever it is, uh, not like actively observing that that's going on in your brain at the moment and it's not a thing of like i don't have to push that away i just have to say like okay i'm thinking about work uh but now i'm thinking about training and that's like in terms of framing that's really what we're trying to do like we're trying to get rid of all the like non-specific stimulus or non-specific thoughts uh and just bring in the specific ones so uh okay, I know I'm thinking about something to do with Sika. That is now going away, and I'm going to reframe that as training is important for Sika, so I'm just going to concentrate on training right now. Or uh, if it's like something to do with work, like I've been at work for the last 8, 9, 10, 11 hours. Uh, now is time if I want to do good work tomorrow, I need to make sure I de-stress with training or whatever it is, or I need to like make sure based like see what you're thinking about like actively observe that if i'm fucking having a fight with someone i need to be like okay i'm having a fight with this person me thinking about that during training 
will have a negative effect because it'll make my training go worse. And then because my training has gone worse, I'll then be more annoyed at that person, even though they've done nothing to make me more annoyed at them. But I'll be fucking seething because I missed whatever back squats because I was still thinking about a fight with someone. And then I've now made that fight worse. I've heightened the intensity levels through no fault of that person or no fault of my own just because I haven't effectively reframed uh, what I'm thinking about and what's going on in my head. The other thing you talked about there is like one of the most common tools you see with reframe or with framing is visualization. So visualization is something you do all the time. Like for weightlifters, it tends to be very, very big because we're thinking about lifts all the time. We visually uh, rate our lifts or we visually kind of analyze the lifts afterwards with video a lot of the time. If your coaches, your coaches are constantly visually observing, visually cueing, like getting taller, getting higher, uh, getting faster, like all these things that you can see. So I think uh, visualization is a really, really good tool for people who are training in a those kind of like high skill sports or like visualization might be uh, really, really good for kind of small, discrete things, but for a place kicker it's very very good or for a like weightlifter it tends to be very very good so that's like one of the first things we can talk about when we're talking about framing or doing a framing exercise or generating a kind of framing protocol for yourself is identifying a few good things that work for you so obviously like mindfulness uh it could be visualization as we talked about but then a lot of people might use something like journaling uh so if you're an athlete and or if you're just somebody who trains and you find it hard to leave, say if you're a teacher and you find it hard to leave school, uh, leave all those issues or outstanding problems behind you and then go and train for an hour and then go and readdress them afterwards, a really good exercise is, is journaling. So journaling, people would think about like, Dear Diary, today Owen smiled at me. Uh, <laughs> like, that's probably not what it is. Like journaling, you could just have a small little book or you can have an app on your phone or even voice recording on your phone. And then you might need to identify the five big issues in your head right now. So the five big issues might be a meeting coming up tomorrow. It might be a review coming up next week. It might be uh, uh, an interaction you had earlier today. It might be something you're excited about doing. It might be a task you have to do for somebody else later on the week. Just the action of journaling that. So if I'm leaving my workplace and going to training, I could sit in my car for 60 seconds and I'll write down uh, reply to emails edit podcast send out program uh, buy dinner for Friday uh, and one or two other things you've then taken away the kind of responsibility of your brain to remember that while you're training so that's now I can forget about that that doesn't really like my brain doesn't have to put cognitive capital into remembering it I don't have to continue to process it in my brain because it's on a list. And even if I never go back to that list again, I've basically handed the reins over to something else and that little bit of cognitive capital has just been freed up. So there's actually quite a good, I like a quote from um, Marcus Aurelius. I don't know if you, I kind of like a bit of stoicism or like peripherally, I don't read heavily into it, but I do like, um, there's one, I do what is mine to do and the rest does not disturb me. So I think for weightlifting kind of stoicism, is a, is a great kind of like philosophical tool if you ever want to go that deep with it. 
but I think that kind of sums up the kind of I have this to do and everything else doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Journey isn't something I haven't done myself. It, well, I have post-training reflections, but I never do but pre-training actually. Um, there is a lot of hype around, uh, just as a tangent now, people talk about gratitude journaling and kind of uh, yeah. its its effect on people's lives. And I uh, I do like the idea of it actually. I still have that fucking notebook I brought in Kazakhstan. <laughs> I still haven't filled it up yet. Uh, yeah, but, like those kind of... So gratitude journaling is something very unique in terms of if you're somebody who suffers with like, so like we all suffer with it in some way, like this kind of thing of, oh, I'm not doing enough or I'm not achieving enough or uh, you have some anxiety over performance. Like in terms of for athletes, uh, you have a huge amount of like, you're constantly focusing on performance. You're constantly focusing on progress. You're constantly focusing on whatever it is to do with your sport. You can sometimes like this happens with athletes all the time where we forget all the really really good things because uh your sprint times are down by 0.2 of a second do you get what i mean like for athletes and in in sports psychology circles like gratitude uh interventions or gratitude journals are very very powerful um and even if you're somebody who like if you're just a recreational athlete you still have to take an hour out of your day anywhere from three to five to seven times per week that's still a huge chunk of time so like if you're taking that time away from friends or family or work or whatever it is like a gratitude journal is a really really nice tool to keep you kind of centered i think with framing as well it's good to kind of um so the longer you train the more you have remembered feelings around training or the remembered actual actions around training you know and you can kind of especially if you're in weightlifting you kind of go you cannot possibly if you listen to our previous podcast about the olympics we're talking about more records and stuff but on a micro level for you as an individual you cannot possibly maintain peak form all the time and you will have to go back baby steps to a period where your form appears to be lower to increase your yeah. limits you know so it's very it can be very easy to just go to a training session and let's say two months ago you peaked and you hit your new pb and now you have your you have a good coach and he's like okay time to kind of step back now we build the base again we build up again and it's very easy let's say you've you've started doing fives in the clean again and you're doing fives at 120 but you clean jerked 140 in this like and then you get into trees with 130 and the trees feel like you yeah. can never clean and jerk 140 again you know or different scenarios like this. So you, you peaked your yeah. back squat and you're back down to 200s and you did 230 before and now 200 feels like a million kilos. But there's a reason it's supposed to feel like that. So I think it's a good way of framing in your mind that this is how it's supposed to feel at the moment. And this is a positive for me because this is me working towards my future goal. This is causing adaption that's useful now. And while I can't do my PB at the moment, I trust the process and then I will yeah. in the future go beyond my limits. So now is a valuable time and it's important for me to kind of put my best foot forward because it could be easy then to think, oh, I've done 230 and this 200 so heavy. And then it can be easy for some people to kind of give up and not put, like, take that 200 as serious as you took that 230 when you did it. Yeah, I think the other big, uh, big danger with that is that they'll constantly uh, kind of just hover around that area where they're constantly like they need to maintain maxes need to maintain yes, maxes yes, and they're definitely. always around like 90 to 95 percent but they'll never surpass their maxes because they haven't dropped out an accumulated volume 
So like everything we've spoken to up until this point has been the kind of really hyper contextual framing. Like we're in a training session, we're uh, like just getting our heads switched on for that training session. Whereas now this is more, uh, we need to frame this training cycle or this macro cycle or meso cycle in where it's going to fit into our kind of sports development. So nobody likes doing the prep phase stuff. Or very few people do. Nobody There's likes doing a load of work capacity stuff. Yeah, there are. But like most of the time if we like doing a sport, like if you're a thrower, you like throwing. If you're a weightlifter, you like lifting in snatches and clean and jerks. If you're a powerlifter, you like squatting heavy weights and pulling heavy weights and pressing heavy weights. Uh so then I think the other really powerful thing about framing is that we can frame a kind of less pleasurable form of training or a less pleasurable phase of training and we could say we can really keep ourselves on track and saying this time is going to make me better even though I won't feel better right now so if you take a a football player and they really really like playing football and they like playing games they like training they like hitting hard they like whatever it is uh, but now you have to say for the next 9 to 10 weeks I don't want you running I don't want you doing any of that stuff. I don't want your aerobic capacity work there. I just, we're just going to put that to one side for a second because we need to alter your body composition. We need to put a small bit of weight on you, a small bit of size on you, or you need to be more powerful. So first we need to make you stronger than you are now, then make you more powerful than you are now. And that will affect you on the field in three months time. That like framing is very, very important in times like that because a lot of the time it'll be a coach makes that that decision or a development coach or a S&C coach will say this is what we're doing in training right now and then you'll have a small bit of kind of fallout or not buying into that that training cycle and the player will still be doing all this other shit on the side or the player will be worrying about gaining weight so he or she won't be eating enough food even though their training program is specifically designed for that to happen. I think it's a fault on that falls on coaches as much as anything else is that we don't uh, kind of Explain. actively getting involved or actively get involved in framing this f- phase of training for our athletes uh, in the overall scheme of things. A lot of time you're just saying you have to do a prep phase because that's just the fucking way it is and go and do it. One of the things I kind of use a framing now as well before I train is I just kind of say to myself, I'm just really happy I can train, that I'm just very lucky that I'm 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 able to train now, that I have no issues with training. That's kind of, you know, contextual awareness of where we are with training too. So I'm just like, the fact that you can train is very, you know, unique. There's a lot of, there's literally tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people who can train right now and do stuff in the gym they want to do. So I'm like, you better make the most of it. You know, that's kind of one of the things I use. Yeah. Um, one of the things as it's well, nice little you know, gratitude be, intervention, you, bit of gratitude, like, yeah, um, you know, one of the ones where it can be easy to fall into is the kind of despair of post injury recovery. So let's say you have a minor injury and it's it's fast and you don't notice it, but if you have a big injury, a significant injury where you must take time out of training, you know, it's affecting your normal life. You got surgery, something like that. You know, it could be easy to, um, 
you know, it's, and it's kind of well charted in, in the kind of sports literature is that you go through periods of you feel like you're getting better and then you, you actually regress in terms of like not even your psychological advancement, but your physical, like the injury will feel sore three, four weeks later than it did three weeks after the surgery, you know. So yeah, those kind of things, you need to frame that properly. You know, you need like understanding, say, if you've come back from injury, that you know that it's all part of the process, that you some days will feel shitter than you would otherwise or it will feel more painful. And then you kind of move on with that, you know, and you accept that that's how it goes, you know, and frame it that it's all part of the process in your head. Yeah. Uh, so that is like, if you're coming back from an injury, that's the ultimate time for framing. Like that's, you can't do much training. The training you can do is probably going to be limited in it, its intensity and its volume. Uh, so then you really do have to kind of say, okay, look, I understand this feels shit, but it's going to allow me to do this in two weeks time that thing I do in two weeks time will allow me to do this in two months time and then in six months time I'll be back to where I was before uh, if you're a coach framing is incredibly important as well because as coaches you have just as much anxiety about your athletes not being at a certain level as your athletes have like you have a certain amount of kind of perspective over the whole thing of like you're the one who's designing the training program but if I'm programming for Gurf and Gurf has a 150 whatever kilo snatch uh, and I say, Gurf, we're not going to go above 125 or 130 for the next two months. Then I have the pressure of, I obviously want him to be better because he's my athlete and my prowess as a coach revolves around how well I coach my athletes. I also have the pressure of, Gurf's going to fucking hate me because I'm not allowing him to snatch heavy for two months. And then I also have the pressure of my job in some way. So it's not only my identity as a coach revolves around how well my athletes do, but my job in some way revolves around how well I can make people perform. So if I own a CrossFit gym and I can't make anyone fitter, then people are probably going to stop coming. Or if I'm a professional coach and I don't achieve the markers I say I'm going to achieve at the start of a season, I probably won't have a job next year. So framing things for coaches is just as important as framing things for athletes because the athlete has to physically and psychologically show up on the day. The coach has to have the fucking balls and the wherewithal to stick with a plan that they've done out or they need to have the balls or the wherewithal to say, okay, this plan doesn't work. We need to pivot and we need to go on to something else or we need to do a 180, stop doing what we're doing now and then readdress and go further again. Yeah, it can be very easy to, especially with, with something like weightlifting for coaching, because the numbers are very objective, and obviously you want your your athletes to hit those numbers. So it can be easy to, you know, without even talking to them, kind of feel in your head that you want to give them more because you want them to be better because you don't want to, you know how it feels from their perspective that they want to hit bigger lifts. So you can kind of influence yourself by accident. You also need to, like Dara was saying, frame it in a way that you need that that is part of their process and there's a reason you did this for them and so you need to stick to that plan obviously not to a fault but stick to it to there's a reason you did that and the reason they're they're doing this now so you it can be very easy to kind of fall into the trap of oh let them go a little bit heavier when they shouldn't do it you know yeah yeah um, uh, so like the whole if we look at framing now just as like a fucking a thing right the whole thing you're trying to do with framing is you're basically like you're defining a context or you're defining like the issues that something that exists 
and you're defining them in a way that's favorable for you. So framing definitely isn't the thing where we uh, say, okay, I'm going to training. Uh, that assignment for college or assignment for school doesn't matter now. That's not what you're doing. You're not saying, okay, I'm going to a competition now so that injury that's hanging over me doesn't matter now and I'm just going to forget about it. That's definitely not what we're doing. Or I'm going to competition now so I don't have to worry about uh, my fucking car loan repayment that's due tomorrow. You need to basically take all the issues that currently exist or that there might only be two or there might be one uh, and it's favorable framing of that is what you need to look at so obviously this is going to be a lot easier for certain things that will be for others if it's uh, like the stress example right if you're super stressed because of work or something uh, it's easier to have positive framing or to put that in a positive context for training because you're going to say okay, I know training helps with stress. I know I feel better when I train. I sleep better when I train. I eat better when I've trained. And that's going to allow me to de-stress a small bit. Or if it's like coming back from an injury uh, and the issues in my head are that, Jesus, every time I fucking sprint on this leg, I feel like it could tear my hamstring again. That's... It's a huge psychological issue. It's inhibitory to my performance. But we can, like, from the outside, we can say, okay, the work you're going to do in training now has all been scaled back. The fact that you have fear and you have some sort of kind of inhibitory stimulus telling you, Jesus, that doesn't feel great. That's actually a positive thing because it means you're getting the feedback. It also means the fact that you've scaled back your training is warranted and that you need to be doing this kind of altered training plan. And then it also means that you're going to be moving in a positive direction. So, like, things that would be a lot more difficult to frame then would be uh, things like you, you're you worried about not having trained enough for a competition. So if, Gurf, if you're going to Euros and you say, fuck it, I haven't really trained at all in the last three months and I qualified a while back and I had that bit of a twinge and you have this thing in the back of your head that's a much more difficult issue to overcome right uh, but then we need to look at different things around not training too much so you could look at things like well if I haven't been training a lot I definitely haven't overtrained. you could be looking at uh, time for adaptation so you could say like oh I've gotten in shape pretty quickly before and I've two or three weeks left before the competition, I'm going to get back in shape fairly well. Uh, Like all these things, the main point I'm making really is that you can't just block everything out of your head. That's not what this is about. This is about like literally framing things in a positive context. That kind of brings up a point as well that when you are framing, it's important to be aware of the minutiae, the unseen factors influencing your ability to frame. So you have poor sleep, you've eaten a lot of carbs that you normally don't eat when you're kind of in a a dip, your energy levels are lower, you've drank not enough coffee or you drank too much coffee (laughs) or you've been training a a shitload and you are very fatigued and some of that that fatigue kind of seeps into your consciousness too in some ways when you come into the training session, like your neat levels are low, you're not ready to tear the bar, you're sitting on the platform or your seat or whatever before you go train longer than you normally would because you are tired, you know, and it's... um. It's important to consider those factors 
and then go you know i am tired i'm very i my coach has overloaded me but for a reason so it's okay to feel tired today and it's okay that the weights are lower because it will be better in the future you know so it's i think it's important yeah. to look at the the factors affecting your framing too so don't you, you can come into the training session so normally you've come in and you're really positive because you're fresh and the framing is easy but then you've come into the session and you are very fatigued and you're tired and your neat levels are low and your energy is low and you can't figure out why you can't frame the session in a good way so it's important to understand it's important to be very objective of, of what you're looking at so you can frame it properly you know you can frame in your head and you can understand how the framing should be rather than just assuming that you can frame the session to be the best session all the time and you're going to hit new bbs you know it, it's not it's not a hype so i think that's important it's not hyping yeah. yourself up for the it's lifting it's like setting not, yourself no. like it the frame is like if you hype is like training and hype is like the colors of the picture but the frame is just literally like setting up you in a position where if it's time to get hyped you get hyped and if it's not time to get hyped if it's time to train and do your six sets of two at not at 80 percent then it's time to do those and it's time to hit those as they should be and take them that this is part of the building process like not every session framing isn't a it's not how to hype yourself up all the time for things it's just yeah setting the stage for what needs to happen for a good training session be that hype or no hype yeah and in terms of hype like we have a podcast and getting hyped for lifting specifically we're one of the later ones in this series is going to be around hype and uh like stimulus and different forms of like getting aroused in inverted commas uh so that's like garth made a very important point here like the framing is the context in which the event is going to take place like you're literally you're setting up a room in your brain where you're going to live for the next hour or two hours or whatever it is it's uh yeah you're basically making sure you're in a a good mental state uh for what you're going to do on, on the other end of that then of course when you get to competition and you have trained and this is the competition so this isn't a training competition it's not a stepping stone or let's say it is a stepping stone competition like you're setting up that framing to be um let's say it's a qualifying event for let's say it's a heat and sprinting and it's yeah. like just four more that day or three more that day you know i'm not i'm not here to go balls out this isn't the final this is a sprint that i know i can do i know the pace i need to hit so i'm here to just get to the next heat you know or it's yeah. the final day of the competition and it's your european seniors and you've trained very hard for this then you know you set up the frame in your head where today you're gonna fucking go balls to the wall and you're setting it up that this is everything to give today today is the day you give it all so you you've set the frame for that so it's not a a lazy affair kind of moderate training session that needs to happen like this is the one where you can just lay everything on the table and you set up that then that frame in your mind you know so the context yeah. always kind of you frame it based on what needs to be done yeah so i think what we should probably do now is give a practical example of uh someone going to a certain event and I'll name out the issues and we could talk about how they're going to frame that in their head. So what we'll do is uh, someone's going to their first CrossFit competition. Timmy. Uh, Timmy. So Timmy or Timina are going to, to their first CrossFit competition. Uh, they have three things in their head. So the first issue is that they're nervous that they're going to be worse than everybody else there. They're unsure they've only been doing crossfit for six or eight months they're uh really like they're just 
really anxious about what happens if something comes up in one of the workouts that I'm not prepared for. What happens if I go out way too fast out of the gate and I am like just completely burned out after the first workout. So that's the first thing, that they're not prepared, that they're inexperienced, that they're going to shit the bed and they're just not ready for this because they haven't trained enough. The second thing is going to be that they have some sort of niggle. So because it's CrossFit, I'm going to say it's a shoulder labrum uh, issue, possibly a tear. They've had a niggle there for the last three months, uh, and that's that's in the back of their head. And then the last thing is that they have they've left work on Friday with a big review still pending. They had told people that they were going to get the review done, but they didn't get the review done, basically. So they have a pending thing happening at work. They have an injury or a niggle that's still bothering them, and they're concerned that they're not at an experience level that is required for this competition. So uh, I think we'll probably talk about three different things they're going to try or three different things you could try. We're going to talk about visualization as the first thing. We're going to talk about a small bit of journaling or maybe a bit of gratitude journaling as the second thing. Uh, and then mindfulness is the third thing. And they're like, they're, that's not a ranked system. I think it's just three different things they could try or they could try a combination of these three things to help them. So so I can start this. Yeah. What so, are you thinking? So the three things Timmy has is the work issue, the injury issue, and a... Uh, inexperience issues. So the first thing I'm going to say with inexperience is right. In context of the competition, everybody has to do their first competition. Timmy now taking the step of going and doing the first competition means he'll never ever have to do his first competition again. That's just done. You know, it's like everybody has to learn how to drive so everybody is shit at driving at the start. So that's how I kind of start to reframe that is just by kind of noticing the feeling so I have a feeling that I'm really inexperienced about this but you have to be inexperienced because you're doing your first competition that's just the way inexperience works the only way to get rid of it is to to get over it yep Uh, the thing with the injury is like if you have a so if we take like a visualization approach to this so Timmy's worried because his shoulder has a twinge right and he's about to go into the competition he's like oh shit what happens if there's front squats and kipping toes to bear what timmy can then start doing is like looking at previous events so events where he's had this kind of issue and said okay my i had that shoulder niggle for the last three months two weeks ago i did thrusters i did france so i did like thrusters and pull-ups and my shoulder was like a bit niggly But what I can do is I can start visualizing that now and saying, look, I was able to get through this. This is a mark I've achieved in the past with the same or kind of a worse situation than now. Uh, And through just two minutes of visualization, we can start to like realize the potential that our kind of meat vehicle has to move around the place. The last thing then would be like if we had a journaling approach. So uh, or like a gratitude journal and we look at the issue of like stressed because you didn't get something done at work what you can then start doing is like i'm going to write it down and just if it was a a basic journaling thing i'll write down maybe two or three lines about the issue 
But if it's like something like a gratitude journal, you probably have to start looking at, okay, I'm really grateful for Owen in work this week because Owen helped me to do whatever analysis on this thing for this report. Uh, I'm really grateful for whatever, my girlfriend, because she made me lunch before I went to work. And these small things can just say like, it not only uh, kind of brings that problem out into the open of like, oh, I didn't get enough done. But it also says that like, I have a huge support structure around me and I understand that it just isn't just on me. So I have people around me that can help. When I go back into work on Monday, there's people there who can like assist me or everybody is working towards the same goal and it's just not me on my own, if you get what I mean. And then that will allow you to clear your head up for the conversation. I think that's a good place too. Yeah. So the other four things we spoke about framing today, the next four ones are going to be on motivation, hype, self-reflection, and then the psychology of training. So like non-competition psychology. Uh, And they're all going to be like this kind of not mini cast format, but just a small bit more digestible. So like 40 minutes, 30 minutes. Uh, like a good episode of friends like yeah 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 (laughs) alright guys thanks for listening end recording